keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. It is Tuesday, January the 25th, 2022. God is so very good. Here's a question for you. Do you love your cell phone? How about your your solar energy, your tablets? Your How about you have an electric car? Do you love your electric car? Do you like renewable energy? Well, have you ever asked yourself the question, what is the impact of this wonderful new technology on the people who have to go and dig holes to the ground, and uh, with child labor and contaminated water sources and birth defects and cancers, to pull out the minerals out of the, out of the earth to provide that to the rest of us? That's a good question. So we're going to have a conversation around that at 15 past the hour with Edward Clancy from Aid to the Church in Need about the impact of renewable energy, green energy, upon a forgotten people a half a world away that we don't even think about. That's coming up at 15 past the hour. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Kennedy Hall joins us for the first time in 2022. He's got an article out on Crisis Magazine uh, titled Fighting the Demon of Pornography. Uh, Talk about killing things, you know. Let's talk about killing that in our life. That conversation is coming up at 35 past the hour. That plus a lot of breaking news. I mean, uh, Crypto takes a huge $130 billion bath, apparently, in the last 24 hours. That's a big story. Of course, the Ukraine story is still heating up. Uh, plus, there's a story out of Germany that uh, gay Catholics come out and demand that the church accept them and their lifestyle, their choices, just the way they are. So maybe we'll jump into that a little bit on the program today. So a lot to cover. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. We had that expose uh published about you last night apparently is that right yeah what'd they say well you're gonna have to go watch it to find out i guess dang breaking yeah. news the truth people. of rudy carlos the truth yeah oh well actually it's not published it's unlisted but we'll publish it today <laughs> <laughs> we put it we produced a little video of uh of getting to know rudy we'll be publishing that at some point on the grn online channel today so stand by for that yeah so watch fun. me stumble through that little yeah little interview yeah yeah, praise God. It was watched. It was good to watch you squirm like that. It was cool. <laughs> hey, do, do you have a green energy car? Do you have a? Do you want a Tesla? If you could have a Tesla, could you? Would you? I would never get a Tesla. No? I, I actually, I am an advocate for not smart cars. I don't mm. want any technology in my car. None. I hate technology. So you don't even like uh, cruise control. You hate cruise control. I mean, I'll take you cruise hate control, climate. You but hate it's not climate connected control. To a, like you know, a like computer. a computer. Yes, it is underneath the well, hood. There's, there's like two of them, probably. Yeah. Well, that computer is not connected to the internet. Is it? Is what I mm. what I'm saying. Are you sure about that? It's pretty. It's an old car, so I doubt <laughs> it. I, I doubt it. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca's here on the ones and twos. Speaking Good of morning old cars. to you, Adrian Fonseca. If you could own a Tesla, Adrian, would you? Right now, no, Mm-mm. no. But I'm open to having a Tesla. Um, There's no if, possibility I would own a Tesla. If it got to the point where we could reliably have electrical energy everywhere, what are you then talking maybe, about? 
Teslas are, are, are energized through coal yeah, power. I, well, I'm not sure what you're... I mean, that's fine. I, I my, Natural gas. My concern petroleum. has nothing to do with the environment, to be honest. It has everything to do with... I heard it's way cheaper to uh, for gas uh, because electricity is cheaper. cheaper. And, <laughs> uh, and if they could make a nice Tesla truck, mm-hmm. because the Tesla are, truck that came out with EV. is so ugly. The it's Hummer so EV. Have you seen ugly. the Hummer EV? Of course, of course. It's, the Hummer EV is it, awesome. It is but, awesome, but it's not Tesla though. Pretty sure there's it's an electric uh, Raptor now too. Yeah, yes, that's there is. Mm, see the all the electric trucks don't look that great. So I'm gonna have to pass have for you now. Seen the Hummer EV? Yeah, but it's like four hundred thousand dollars. Put the price so to the side for a second. Like, it's mm, the let's go buy a house. It's the truck everybody was looking for when it comes to EVs. I mean, yes. everybody else should just stop. Take take a note. This is the vehicle that Americans want if they're going to get an EV. It's going to be the Hummer EV. Yeah, not the Cybertruck. Please pay attention. The Cybertruck is so ugly. Please pay attention. The Hummer EV with its crab walk, that's the one. Okay? There you go. Glad we had that conversation. All right, we're going to jump into it. It's going to be an interesting conversation. I wonder if we have thought too much about the, the, the poor people who have to provide us these luxuries in the West. And their impact. That's coming up 15 past the hour. Let's jump in. But don't forget, you could win a possibly uh, a brand new 2022 uh, Mercedes. It's a GLA 250 in night black. And it is not an EV. So uh, rest assured, it's a cool car. And you could win. And the proceeds go to support our Catholic Radio Postulate. Log on to grnonline.com for the details. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now you're breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos, and let's dive into the headline news this morning. Reuters reports U.S. puts 8,500 troops on alert to deploy amid Ukraine tensions. The U.S. military on Monday put about 8,500 troops on alert to be ready to deploy to Europe if needed, potentially on very short notice, in the latest effort to reassure jittery NATO allies in the face of Russian military buildup near Ukraine. Although the decision did not bolster U.S. support to Ukraine, which is not part of the NATO alliance, it underscored the growing NATO preparations for what Washington and Kyiv believe are Russian moves to mass its forces for a potential invasion of Ukraine. The U.S. troops notified of ready-to-deploy orders on Monday included additional brigade combat teams, logistics personnel, medical support, aviation support, and troops forces involved with intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance missions. And the Epic Times reports null, void, and unenforceable. New York judge strikes down governor, governor's mask mandate. In mid-December, the Democrat governor enacted the mandate in the midst of rising COVID-19 cases, in part fueled by the Omicron variant. New York Supreme Court Judge Thomas Radmaker wrote in his order that Hochul doesn't have the authority to impose such a mandate because the state legislature would have to approve laws requiring masks in schools and other public areas. Neither the governor nor the state health commissioner had the authority to enact the mandate without the state's legislature because Governor Hochul no longer has emergency powers, Radmaker wrote in his order. Following the ruling, Hochul issued a statement on Monday saying that her responsibility as governor is to protect New Yorkers through this public health crisis. And these measures help prevent the spread of COVID-19 and save lives. 
even though her state saw a significant rise in COVID-19 cases in late December and early January after the mandate was handed down. And the Blaze Report Seattle DoorDash driver tries to thwart car theft by clinging to hood for several blocks and grabbing a steering wheel to cause a crash. Breitbart News reports Mexican journalists killed in Tijuana, third instance in 2022. A gunman shot and killed a journalist in Tijuana on Sunday. The murder is the third of its kind in Mexico for 2022 and the second in Tijuana in over a seven-day period. The murder took place on Sunday night when the gunman shot and killed Lourdes Maldonado inside her vehicle, the Baja California Attorney General's office revealed. According to Punto Norte, Maldonado's belongings were left untouched. By the time paramedics were on the scene, she had died from her wounds. Maldonado previously asked Mexican President Obrador to help her since she felt threatened by a top politician from his party. Maldonado made the request during one of his daily press briefings. International press freedom organizations continue to label Mexico as one of the most dangerous places for media. Most crimes against journalists routinely go unpunished. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Peter Thomas. Peter Thomas was born around the year 1305 to a very poor family in Perigord. His father was a serf, and at the age of 12, he left his parents and his younger sister to ease the burdens of his family and went to the nearby small town Montpazar. In 1325, the prior of the Carmelite convent of Lector employed Thomas as a teacher for a year in that school. He then entered the Carmelite order at the age of 21 and made his profession of religious vows. He was preaching in Cahors during a procession held, to, held in hope to end a serious drought. While he was preaching, the rain began to fall. He was, the order of, he was in the order of procurator general with an official preacher as the papal court of Pope Clement VI at the Avignon Papacy, where he then assisted the master of theology as head of the Curia departing and dealing with doctrinal matters submitted to the Pope. In October 1353, Pope Innocent VI appointed legates to regularize relations between the rival republics of Venice and Genoa. In April 1357, Thomas went as papal legate to Constantinople to receive the submission of the Emperor of Byzantium to the Roman Catholic Church in exchange for military support uh, of the West to block the expansion of the Ottoman Empire. But the military supports promised in the exchange does not materialize. In 1358, Peter Thomas went on a private pilgrimage to the Holy Land. In 1359, Pope Innocent VI appointed Peter Thomas universal legate for the East. He went to Constantinople and took part in the battles of Lampsach, and Philip de Mezier wrote, Physically involved in the battle, Pierre Thomas stimulated the troops. It was necessary to avoid a stampede in front of the Jansenaries. The bishop gave of himself. He encouraged, he, uh, he struck sword and fist. Between defeats and victories, Pierre Thomas was tireless, leading the troops into battle by his example and his exhortations, sometimes in Smyrna and sometimes in Rhodes, sometimes in Constantinople, sometimes in Cyprus, sometimes the island of Crete, and sometimes in Turkey with a few galleys. Don't hear about bishops going to battle anymore. Pierre Thomas, as Latin Patriarch of Constantinople and Legate of the Crusade, planned to go to Avignon to make his report and ask for support for the resume, resuming of the Crusades. He went to organize his trip, and around Christmas 1365, Thomas fell seriously ill. Thomas had been injured during the capture of Alexandria, and that his death followed by his wounds. 
He died during the night of January 6th or 7th on 1366. St. Peter Thomas, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. Jesus appeared to the eleven and said to them, Go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. The, the, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Gregory the Great said, Perhaps someone will say within himself, I have already believed. I shall be saved. He says, True, if his faith be supported by good works. For that only is true faith which does not contradict in works what is believed in words. Close quote, St. Gregory the Great pray for us. You know, the early church did have one single mission. That mission continues to this day. That mission is to go forth to every creature, to all parts of planet Earth, and proclaim the gospel, to make disciples of all nations. It is our only mission. Everything else is only a, a supplementary part of that greater mission to save souls. And how do they do it? Well, according to Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, one, by evangelization and preaching, and number two, by the administration of the sacraments. There you go. That's how the mission works. You evangelize and you give sacraments. People live in a state of grace. They die in a state of grace. They conduct their lives as though they're living in that state of grace, and their works are commensurate with their faith and belief. That's how that works. So this embracing the world and trying to go and look and act like the world is not in keeping with the mission Christ has given to the apostles, at least according to the uh, gospel today. And we need to ponder that. Think about that. And yes, the apostles did drive out demons. They spoke in new tongues, sustained you know, the stings of serpents, and healed the infirmities of all. But they were given these signs and graces in order to accomplish their mission. How does that continue today? Well, in the next hour, I will share with you a bit of what St. Gregory the Great had to say about those miracles, those signs and those wonders, and how they continue in our church today. But let's not forget, let's think about this today. The one and only mission of Holy Mother Church is to save souls through the preaching of the gospel and the administration of the sacraments. Are we doing that? Are we actually trying to convert all souls everywhere today? Or are we just trying to get along? Let's make it old school and go back to the real mission. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. So you're driving to work while listening to Catholic Drive Time. But you're not just driving any car. You're driving a midnight black 2022 GLA 250. Make 2022 your year by supporting the GRN and possibly winning a GLA 250 by going to grnonline.com and buying five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. Raffle ends February 21st and you must be 18 or older to participate. We live with the illusion that we are in control. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Yet, how much of life actually is under our control? 
We need to develop our talents and make prudent preparations for the future. But how many times have our plans been sidetracked by forces outside our control? Sometimes unexpected changes have even opened up new opportunities. In his rule, Saint Benedict talks about the beauty and purpose of monastic life. The rule is very successful at separating the monks who live according to its teaching from the illusion of control, giving us a peaceful confidence in God's provident care. For your free copy of the Rule of Saint Benedict, visit oneminutemonk.com. O N E minutemonk.com. It's all preparation for our last act of letting go of control when we will have to commend our life trustingly into the Father's hands in death. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Kennedy Hall is going to be our guest. He has an article out in Crisis Magazine uh, entitled Fighting the Demon of Pornography. And we're going to have a conversation around that. I uh, wrote a book back in 2014 about uh, the technique that I have used uh, to overcome the temptations to pornography. And uh, it has been an incredible journey for, for me and for all those men that I've been able to speak to and traveling around the country and sharing my own testimony of pornography addiction. So we're going to have a great conversation with Kennedy Hall. Coming up at 35 past the hour. Praise be to God. Uh, joining us right now from Aid to the Church in Need, though, is uh, Edward Clancy. And uh, good morning to you, sir. Thank you for your time. Good morning, Joe. How are you today? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. And we're glad to have yes, you it on. It does. It's a good start. It's a great start, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, uh, with the with the push to renewable energy, I, I look at my, I have a great sm- a smartphone. I love my smartphone. I I have a solar generator at the house that has served my family very well over the last year and a half or so with power outages and everything else, and uh, I, I love that thing. But uh, oftentimes, I don't pay any attention to what it takes for me to enjoy that technology. And I came across some some documentary films over the last year or so detailing how how much impact there really is on a people half a world away who I have totally forgotten about, and I wanted to bring some awareness to this story. What can you tell us, Edward Clancy, Aid to the Church in Need? Well, uh, the the issue for me is is that we, we need independence when, in places where there are a lot of, a lot of struggle. So one of the programs you mentioned is solar generator. Uh, one of the programs we've, we've been doing lately is providing solar generators to these communities that are out in different areas, whether it's in Syria or Africa, uh, because it gives them an opportunity to have this sort of, um, you know, ability to do things when, when things get tough, especially in places like Syria, uh, where there's hour, they have less than an hour of power per day. Um, obviously, with what's the, the turmoil that's going on in Africa, a lot of these countries have power shutdowns or you know, technology shutdowns because of warfare or because of terrorism and leaves people stranded. So it's a, it's a really good opportunity for them to have that ability to stay alive, to be connected uh, in the world in very difficult circumstances. Um, <clears throat> you know, this technology is very handy. And for those reasons you just pointed out, I can see it's 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 an amazing thing. But I, I guess part of me says, you know, for our drive for, to, to enjoy such technology, to, to be able to leverage it to do some great things, I feel like in, uh, part of us is, is forgetting about the impact upon these African people in the Congo. I was 
watching the, these little kids having to work these mines and the uh, the birth defects that they're suffering from because their water is contaminated, and that China seems to be the biggest player in most of those mines, either owning them or being the customer which is buying all those products and. And we're continuing to see some of the, uh, the, the atrocities coming out of China, whether the Uyghurs or the Fulong Gong or, or most close to home is the Catholics and the Christians that are in, uh, in China that are suffering under that. How do we deal with that as, as Christians? Well, it, that's a very difficult um, thing to do. We, we have such an integral economy that relies on this sort of international trade uh, that many people would, would, be, would have a difficult time if they didn't say they boycotted products from China. It would be almost impossible. So for us, it's really about doing what we can to put pressure on on our government, on people to do things that will have an impact. China is, is an incredibly powerful player in China, in Africa. They, they, through their Belt and Road Initiative, they have essentially enslaved dozens of countries with debt, where mm. they come into a country, they offer them these incredible loan deals with almost zero interest, uh, they provide them with billions of dollars of resources. They bring in their companies. They'll build be- roads. They'll build. It, they'll put in the technology or infrastructure, and then they just don't tell them that in five or ten years there's going to be this balloon payment of, you know, an astronomical amount of money that they owe. And when it comes due, they then say, "Well, you can't make this payment. So what we'll do is we'll just take over your technology. We'll take over your telecommunications. We'll take over your port. Or we'll take over the." you know, the uh, railway hub, and we'll run it. And then they control things. And China is a, uh, a, a sort of, uh, you know, very most capitalistic, in a sense, um, um, power in the world in that they don't care. They don't care what's going on in the world. They don't care what's going on in the country. They just want control. They want um, power. And they want the, the money that they can, they can extract out of it. And so that's the kind of relationship they have. And that's why what's going on in Africa is, is due in some good part to the way China is financing things. In fact, um, a friend of mine who's a priest in Africa, he said uh, his father told him, if you want to see who's controlling the powers behind the war, pick up a bullet shell and see where it's made. Oof. And he said, so we've been checking lately, and they're almost all made in China. So that shows you, that shows you, Who's supplying the material that is causing the conflict or is causing the bloodshed? So how do we help these people in, in like, for example, the cobalt mines in, in the Congo? I'm um, living ex- extremely poor lives, shanty towns, barefoot, child labor, and the rest. How do we help them? Well, one of the biggest things that you can do is to support them through organizations like Aid to the Church in Need, because we use... You know, uh, what uh, John Paul II the Great called, or, you know, sort of coined the phrase of subsidiarity. We go to the local um, people on the ground, the priests and nuns who work with these people, and we get from them what exactly they need. And they will tell us that, and then we supply it, even if it's in small amounts, these small little things that can help them. One of the, the necessary ingredients for all of this disruption of life and, and hardship is a lack of education. These children come into a world where they have very little opportunity and they have to scratch and, and work hard to survive from birth. And so they're forced into a life of essentially servitude, working in mines with very, very small prospects of an opportunity in the future. And the only, oftentimes the only opportunity offered them is 
something like radical Islam. And the alternative is to give them hope, to give them education. And that's what the church does. It gives them an opportunity. It provides some comfort and some, you know, food and other necessary ingredients. But maybe more importantly, it provides them a light at the end of the tunnel, that you're more important than the amount of dirt you can scratch out of a pit, that you're a person made by God, and that you are loved. And it's an incredible power to pull people through this and help them in some small way, but then in, in the end, in a great way. Is it possible to turn the tide of China's grip on Africa at this, at this point? I mean, uh, you mentioned the Belt and Road Initiative and their, uh, their ties there sort of enslaving these countries, and that's happening all over the world, not just, I mean, Latin, Latin America is knee-deep in that as well. Um, but is it possible to apply political pressures, sanctions? I mean, does, does military action need to happen in order to sort of loosen the grip there, or what do you think would have to happen? Well, the, the, the military question is it's sort of not within my pay grade or, or what might need to be done. But what needs to be done is consistent pressure on the international level in almost all of these arenas. You know, when it comes to trade deals, when it comes to, um, you know, even major companies, when they go in and they sort of turn a blind eye towards all of the abuses going on, whether it's Nike or other major manufacturers who seem to don't care about where their products are made or how they're made. It's important for us to say something to those companies. We don't want products made by Uyghurs. That's just a small part, but that does something. And, and um, also... Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I was going to say also, we really should be praying consistently for conversion, for those forces, those people within China who do want to speak, for, the, for them to have the, the courage, the strength, and especially the blessings and graces necessary to, to deal with this. Um, yeah, that's absolutely true. What would you say to to the average American consumer who maybe perhaps isn't aware of this or is aware of the hardships that, you know, technology causes or that the mining for this technology causes? Um, what would you say to somebody who is who is uninformed about how this hardship is involved in, in the products they consume every single day? Well, you know, oftentimes we're we're not given much choice in what we can do. But I, I would say a very simple thing is every time you see something that you think a piece of technology or smartphone, uh, you mentioned solar generators and all these different things that are used, what you, you have to use it in a sense. It's, it's, a, it's a reliance on you for your life. But you can simply just pray. The other thing is maybe make that extra effort to try to find you know, those products and those um, things that, are, that take some good controls and source things. You know, do, do a little bit of research or maybe, you know, contact some of these companies and say, why are you purchasing? Why are you doing these, uh, these financial transactions supporting essentially eco-terrorists and uh, uh, people that cause slavery? I mean, I know we talked about, was it 30 years ago, about the blood diamonds, about how diamonds were extracted in the mines in Africa. Mm -hmm. And there was pressure put on then and, and some changes did happen. It might be a little bit more difficult with technology because, you know, I'm calling you, speaking to you on a smartphone uh, that very much has some of that in it, built into it. And, you know, what do you do? Do you, you know, essentially go back to the old uh, Ma Bell uh, phone cord? And even that, you would probably find that the chipset or something in there, you know, owes itself to some sort of financial deal or problem, in, you know, somewhere in its back end production. So we really have to start with, I think, with prayer. 
We have to start putting pressure when we can on our political leaders and even the companies. We have to tell the companies, stop doing this. Even if it's just, I don't know, not buying one brand and telling the company, I'm not buying your brand. Maybe that little impact, that little effort will make impact. Edward Clancy is our guest. We have just about a couple minutes left in our conversation with uh, Edward. He is the uh, director of outreach at Aid to the Church in Need. You know, I know increasingly, Edward, a lot of Catholics are hesitant to give to like that second collection of the basket because, I mean, it's got a nice sounding, you know, cause, but we don't know where the money goes or, or how it's spent or or anything in an age of great financial scandals within the church, people are growing more and more leery of that. So how, how, I mean, uh, aid to the church need is obviously uh, one obvious choice, but maybe you can give us some insight on the, like if we wanted to help people in a faraway country, uh, you know, do we just put money into their PayPal account or do we give to organizations? What is the best way to be helping? Get about a minute. Sure. Uh, Well, these, Organizations like Aid to the Church Need that really focus on what's going on on the ground, I think, are an excellent way of helping. Uh, because, as I mentioned, the, the idea of subsidiarity, we really do not tell these countries or these people what they need. They tell us. And they, they really are experts. So that's, that's a very important aspect of how you give. As far as giving to individuals, I, I can't answer for every single one, but there are a lot of times when people give to someone and don't really know where the money is going. So organizations, you know, again, like I would say, aid to the church you need, who get audited, who get checked, at least you know there's some connection to the money and somebody uh, doing their due diligence to make sure it's good and it's doing what it's supposed to do. Uh, the other thing is, you know, really be prayerful about what you give. I, I know it, it, it's, it may sound trite, but just to say a prayer before you give and say, God, may this money make an effort, make a, a good result where it goes. Amen. All right, Edward Clancy, aid to the church in need. Thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to you. God bless you, and have a great day. You too, Joe. Thank you for having me. God bless you. All right, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come right back. We're going to have Rudy Carlos give us the breaking news and stories. Plus, we're going to talk about overcoming pornography addiction with Kennedy Hall. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed what happens when you try to keep up with the current fashions? You go nuts! When we are obsessed with keeping up with the times, we become slaves. Fashions are never settled. To chase something that is always changing is simply futile. It's not freedom, it's insanity. G.K. Chesterton says, The Catholic Church is the only thing that saves a man from the degrading slavery of being a child of his age. Christianity is always out of fashion because it's always sane, and fashions are always insane. The Catholic Church never has to worry about being behind the times because it is beyond the times. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. You could win a 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 and help drive home the word of God. The GRN is raffling off this night black compact SUV with the luxury and performance you expect from Mercedes-Benz to support the mission of Catholic Radio. This car could be yours for only $25. Buy four tickets, you get one free. The 2022 GRN car raffle ends February 21st, so get your tickets today at grnonline.com raffle. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now more headlines. 
the Breitbart reports, Supreme Court to rule on racial preferences in college admissions. The Supreme Court will decide whether colleges can use racial preferences when deciding which students to admit for both public and private schools, reconsidering a half-century of legal precedent in a pair of cases the justices will hear this fall. One case involves the University of North Carolina. That school considers race a factor in admissions, giving a boost to black, Hispanic, and Native American applicants. But UNC denies any additional benefit to racial minorities like Asians, which are a much smaller percentage of the population than the two favored minorities. The Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution forbids state and local governments from discriminating on the basis of race. But in its 1978 Bakke case, the Supreme Court held that schools did not violate the 14th Amendment by using racial preferences, euphemistically called affirmative action. Chaos ensued on where to draw the line until the court decided two cases from the University of Michigan in 2003. Gratz challenged the undergraduate admissions process, which gave extra points to apl ap applicants. The Supreme Court struck down that policy 6-3, saying it was too much like a quota system and therefore unconstitutional. But in the other case, Grutter, the court ruled 5-4 and vote, voted to uphold the law, the law school's admissions practice, which explicitly considered race a factor but did not assign numbers or points to it. The UNC case brought by students to fair admissions for fair admissions, the justices will decide whether to overrule Grutter and hold the Constitution does not allow government schools to treat applicants unequally on the basis of race. And LifeSite reports, Pope Francis institutes first female lectors and catechists at Vatican in apparent tack of an all-male priesthood. And this is a very controversial topic and reading the headline doesn't do it any justice. So I recommend you read the article over at LifeSite. And the Blaze reports elementary school to host BLM Week of Action for students as young as kindergarten to learn about stopping heteronormative thinking and more. A Denver, Colorado school district is allowing one of its elementary schools to host a Black Lives Matter Week of Action for its students, the Daily Caller reported, citing information from Parents Defending Freedom. Centennial Elementary School in Denver Public School Excuse me, Centennial Elementary School in the Denver Public Schools District said it will participate in the event, which takes place beginning January 31st and ending on February 4th. The program, which is sponsored by the Black Lives Matter at school, will instruct children as young as those in kindergarten and first grade to be transgender affirming by rec recognizing trans antagonistic violence and queer affirming so that heteronormative thinking ceases to exist. The report added that the program will also address globalism, which is a person's ability to see how they are impacted or privileged within the black global community, and to teach students how to disrupt Western nuclear family dynamics for a return to the collective village that takes care of each other. A spokesperson for Denver Public Schools said it only began hosting the event after parent requests. The district statement added it remains committed to fostering, cultivating, and preserving a culture of inclusion and belonging where our students, families, and team members are safe and welcomed. Unless, of course, you go against the grain. And the AP reports, New Space Telescope reaches final stop million miles out. The world's biggest, most powerful space telescope arrived at its observation post one million miles from the Earth on Monday, a month after it lifted off on a quest to behold the dawn of the universe. On command, the James Webb Telescope is fire fired its rocket thrusters for nearly five minutes to go into orbit around the sun, at its designated location, and NASA confirmed the operation went as planned. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, Rudy uh, for keeping us up to date. Uh, joining us right now by phone is Kennedy Hall. He's got an article out at the Crisis Magazine 
uh, about uh, fighting the demon of pornography. Great line here says, quote, even evil images have ruined marriages. They have ruined vocations. They have ruined souls. Close quote. Kennedy Hall. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me on. Praise be to God. Happy New Year to you. Uh, it's, it's been a while since we've had you on. It has. Yeah, it's been a while. Has anything good come in of Canada since last we talked? <laughs> um, well, we're expecting we're expecting our fifth child. So in our life, that's a good thing. Wow. Congratulations. congratulations. Praise be to God. That's good news. God is so very good. A, yeah, it's good. She's about half, halfway through. So for, for four and a half, five more months. Wonderful. Praise be to Jesus. You know, talking about uh, children, uh, I myself was addicted to pornography when I was a young boy, uh, you know, engaging my father's catalog, so to speak, and uh, grew up with that, thinking that it was normal. That led to abortion and uh, other brokenness from my parents' divorces repeatedly and and, and all kinds of licentious behavior. And that has lasting effects. And now that I'm married with six kids and three grandkids, I, I work hard to uh, preserve, you know, the chastity and virtue of myself, let alone my wife and my children, too. And le- I think that's at the heart of this article. So tell us about this article that you published over at Crisis Magazine about fighting the demon of pornography. Sure. Um, well, you know, New Year's resolution coming up and everything, you know, at the beginning of the year, people always make resolutions. And I thought, you know, there's probably a lot of men out there and some women of course but i just it was more for men this this article but uh, there's probably a lot of men out there who are looking to have a fresh start this year and um i thought i would try to do something helpful um by giving them something and um i also my my uh book tear of demons was just released again through tan and i deal with that a lot in that book on on how to deal with it so um the goal of the article is essentially, um, it's all well and good that there's some resources out there to help with pornography. There are, you know, like, and, 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 and they're helpful and there's a lot of good tips, but I'm, uh, my personality, my temperament, I'm sort of, uh, an intense kind of person. And I always feel that, um, if you've got a real problem, uh, having the right outlook on it is going to help you fight it almost as much as anything else. So I tried to engender a spirit of righteous hatred <laughs> for <laughs> pornography. And I really, you know, and, and I use an example from my one of my favorite fictions is uh, C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy. Mm. And in the second book, it's an amazing thing. People should read it. It's, it's an incredible uh, series of books. And, um, and he, he takes a lot of artistic license. So there's some things that are not catechetical, but it's just, you know, he, he's, he's, he's just he's using artistic license to tell a story. And anyway, but there's, in the second book, one of the characters is essentially fighting the devil on the planet Venus, which there's sort of a, a new Adam and a new Eve, sort of a recreation of, of, the, of, of before the fall. So he literally one day, he's tired of arguing with the devil because he can't, because the devil has superior intelligence. And the devil has possessed a human being. He's basically perfectly possessed a man. And he realizes that he just has to kill him. <laughs> so he wakes up. And he says, I'm going to kill the devil, even if it kills me. And he beats him to death in the story. And it's an amazing climax. It's, it's like, you know, it's like the Rocky montage beating the opponent, but even more so. And, um, and I thought that's the mentality that people have to have when they're, when they're fighting pornography is, is you got to really want to kill it because it'll kill you if you're not careful.
You know, that's a great point. I wrote a book in 2014 on the technique that I use to combat uh, the temptations of vice and pornography and, and these lustful temptations in our life and win every single day. And this is one of the first points I make, and I've had the opportunity to travel around the country and beyond giving my own testimony on this and talk to thousands of men. And I have to tell you, I always say to them, if you aren't, if you don't really want to be free, you won't be. You got to want it. If you don't want it, you, no technique, no tip, no trick, no nothing will work to uh, to uh, get you the freedom that you need in order to get your life right or save your marriage or you know raise your kids properly. Yeah. You have to want it. Yeah, you do. It's um, you know it, 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 this is how addictions work. I mean, for, and obviously there's a difference between habit and addiction. Some people have a habit, some people have an addiction. Um, you know, it's it's a physical. Thing. Like, you know, you, you, you'll have your brain flooded with, with uh, chemicals and, uh, you know, there'll be something like an insatiable itch that you can't scratch and it, it, uh, it almost turns you into an animal, right? You see this with people who are addicted to drugs or addicted to playing cards or cigarettes or something like that. Cigarettes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. And, um, you know, so you have to, you have to. You have to have these, this resolve in you that you're, in a way, willing to do violence against yourself to beat it. Because the thing is, is that it is a fight. And you'll actually have to sort of hurt yourself in a way. I mean, because there is a type of pleasure that you're going to have from scratching the itch with any addiction. Mm. Uh, and actually, that's probably more of the exhilarating pleasure than the actual thing itself. You know, This is why I say, you know, for example... Uh, because in a similar position, men will, because I've written this book on masculinity and men will, you know, they'll, they'll confide in me and they'll ask me things, right? And um, that's that's fine. I'm glad. And um, uh, they'll say, well, you know, I uh, I don't I try not to watch it anymore. Um, so when I when I'm feeling like I want to, I just start playing video games or something instead. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that's obviously not sinful. But I said, here's the thing. Obviously, there's the sexual aspect of the pornography, and that's the explicit, mortally sinful part of it. But the mechanism is a screen and dopamine and, you know, all those sorts of things. And video games give you that as well. So, of course, it's not sinful to play video games, uh, generally speaking. But you're still massaging a similar muscle. Um, so you're not getting rid of, you're not really taking out um, that mechanism that gives you that itch. So eventually you'll fall again. Uh, so you've, you almost have to look at the whole thing and say, it's not just about the actual images. It's about the screens. It's about the phone. It's about the computer. It's about the lights. It's about two in the morning. It's about whatever. <laughs> yeah. Hold that yeah. thought. Hold that thought. Kennedy Hall is our guest. He's got an article out, which we've linked up on our social feeds this morning. It's called Fighting the Demon of Pornography on Crisis Magazine, crisismagazine.com. We're going to continue our conversation with Kennedy Hall about this right after the break. So if you know a guy or a girl, 30% of women and growing every day are addicted to pornography. Join us right after this very brief break. We'll be right back. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. 
They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. What do quasi-Christian sects like Jehovah's Witnesses and Star Wars have in common? They all talk about a force. For these sects, the impersonal force is the Holy Spirit. They believe this because in John 14, 26, the Greek word for spirit, pneuma, is neuter, as opposed to personal terms like father and son. So, how do we respond? Well, first, if we hold to this line of reasoning, we're going to have to say God himself is an impersonal force because he's referred to as spirit in John 4:24. But these sects wouldn't want to make that conclusion. Second, the verse that's used in the objection says of the Holy Spirit, he will teach you all things. Folks, impersonal forces don't teach. So, the Holy Spirit is not some impersonal force. He's a person that we can have a relationship with. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Kennedy Hall is our guest. His articles, Fighting the Demon of Pornography, linked up over crisismagazine.com. Here's a line, quote, If we really understood what those damned moving pictures do to souls and virtue, we would be ripping our garments and putting on sackcloth and ashes. Close quote, Kennedy Hall. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back. It is really, uh, I think a lot of people wouldn't think of it in those terms, right? They wouldn't think of it in those sort of life or death terms. But, you know, I find fascinating is uh, Father Larry Richards, you know, very middle of the road, type of guy. Even he talks about this many times, about you have to want to kill that demon yeah. that is tempting you, because going to heaven is an eternal choice you have to decide to make. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's a very extreme thing to go to hell, you know? It's a very <laughs> extreme thing to commit a mortal sin. I mean, um, obviously, we're fallen, and uh, you know, God understands that, you know, we have a corrupted nature, we've accepted from our first parents, and I, I understand that. But, you know, it, when you commit a mortal sin, and God willing, you don't commit them very often or ever again, it's, 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 it's an infinitely, it's an almost infinitely extreme affront against goodness itself. Like, it's, it's hard to encapsulate just how remarkably absurd it is that we can even do that. Or that we even do do that, um, and something like an economy of sin, like evil images, like pornography. And I use the word evil images because, um, for one, when I'm speaking, I'm on the phone around my kids. <laughs> I don't say a certain word, right? Um, but, but also, um, you know, pornography is such a uh, almost a sanitized word. You know, it becomes such a colloquial word in the culture. It's like, you know, everyone's been watching the COVID numbers and watching fear porn, you know, mm-hmm. and um, whereas it's let's call it evil images, you know, it's kind of like, let's not abortion is a technical term. Let's call it, you know, the destruction of human life. You know, you know what I mean? That's what it is. And, um, and that really hammers at home, but, but it really is, you know, <laughs> The ancient Roman Empire had a lot of revelry to it. The Druids had a lot of revelry. But I think if we told them somehow in a time capsule, like a Bill and Ted's adventure or something, <laughs> if we were able to say, I, ca- I can carry this little device around in my pocket, and it contains in it, you know, X, Y, and Z, I think they'd blush at just how insane it is that we could be so sinful. You know, it's, it's, um, 
it really is hard to understand just how absurdly immoral this economy of evil images is. Mr. Hall, I, you know, I really enjoyed your book, by the way. Um, I got that uh, right before I got married with uh, with my wife. And, um, you know, it was, it was an interesting thing to read through. I think I'm going to have to read through it again. Um, but in the book, you talk about masculinity. And I wanted to ask you, you know, what are your observations about the, you know, a man who is addicted to pornography? What, what does that look like? Um, uh, what is what is what are the effects of a person who is enchained by by this evil thing that that we're speaking of right now? Do you mean so people can maybe recognize in someone their life is? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> well, uh, first of all, they're going to have unexplained absences. You know, um, this is the same with anyone who's addicted. You know, I used to be a bouncer um, when I was 18 years old. And when I just turned 19, you can, you can, anyway, you can do that here in Ontario. The drinking age is 19. <laughs> and um, I thought it was cool. It's going to be fun. I was a football player and I was going to go and I made like eight bucks an hour and I basically cleaned up, throw up and, and swept floors. That's pretty much what you do. That's gross. You call, oh, wow. you, you, call cab, you call cabs for poor, poor young ladies who drank too much. Anyway, but the odd night there was a fight or whatever. But sometimes at this bar, there were people that came in and they would have cocaine and whatever, right? So you'd have to get him out of the bar. You know, they were doing something illegal in the bathroom. And um, we were trained on how to notice who the cokeheads were. And they just, they leave a lot. <laughs> they just went to the bathroom a lot and they would have, you know, no reason to do so. And they make stupid, they make stupid excuses like, oh, I'm going to go put on deodorant. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're not. You're going to the bathroom to do drugs anymore and get out of the bar. And, um, and it's the same with uh, men who have an addiction to this. It's, you know, because um, if they're truly addicted, okay, then they're going to be impulsive and do things at really inopportune times. So it's going to be seven in the evening. And it's like, where are you going, sweetie? Oh, I'm just going upstairs to check something. What are you checking? Oh, I'll be right back. You know, it's that strange, you know, that sort of thing. Or um, one thing, too, is see if the cell phone bill is pretty high. I mean, now you have unlimited data. But uh, if you don't have that kind of plan, it's like, why are you using five gigabytes of data a month? I mean, you're in Wi-Fi all day at work and you have a 10 minute drive, you know, little things like that. Also, um, men who are, cause, cause pornography is a form of adultery. Okay. So men who are, um, committing adultery, they will, uh, try to be really sweet to their wives after they've committed the adultery. Right. Um, so not that you want to be suspicious, like he's being nice to me. He must be a bad person. <laughs> um, but you should say, you know, he's not really a thoughtful guy, but I don't know. He, recently, he's been bringing me a lot of flowers, and I don't really know why. I mean, there's, there's, there might be a reason behind it. Those would be some, some basic observations. It, you're basically just looking for addictive behavior. Um, Kennedy, you know, I was thinking about the fact that you were talking about the hatred we must have. Like, we have to uh, hate the sin. We have to hate the demons. Uh, and I was thinking about Psalm 5. And I was thinking about this recently because I was making the joke. I was saying, you know, you know, uh, God hates the wicked, and I'm wicked, so God must hate me. Uh, but uh, the it was Psalm five it says, uh, "In the morning I will stand before thee and will see, because thou art not a God that willest iniquity. Neither shall the wicked dwell near thee, nor shall the unjust abide before thy eyes. Thou hatest all the works of workers of iniquity. Thou wilt destroy all that speak a lie. The bloody and the deceitful man, the, lay, the Lord will abhor." And it just makes me think, you know, 
one of the Beatitudes is blessed be uh, blessed are those who are pure of heart, for they shall see God. And, you know, in your book, you talk a lot about this exact thing about, you know, in the morning, I'll stand before thee. Uh, why do men should get up in the morning? Why the men should work out? Why men should do certain things that direct their hearts and their minds to God and and foster a hatred for what is evil? Could you speak a little bit yeah. about that? Sure. Um, you know, and one of the one of the, the things I try to engender in the book is a crusading spirit. And obviously, there was a time in history when the Crusades themselves were an actual event that took place, and it was a very noble thing. They were the Holy Crusades regardless of any mistakes on behalf of individual soldiers. Um, but the Crusades are a remarkable piece of human history. Um, you know, they were essentially militias. I mean, you know, we think the American Revolution is a unique time. You know, justification for the revolution notwithstanding. It was pretty impressive what those, what those farmers and, and men from, <laughs> from uh, Northeast United States and, and Virginia and stuff were able to do against the British Empire. But the Crusades had been there for 400 years. You know, these weren't standing armies paid for by income tax and, you know, with, with mechanized weaponry. This was men of Christendom who heard a call from the Pope, and it said, you know, you're going to go die, but go die for God in order to protect pilgrims and take back the Holy Land, which was Christ's rightful place on earth. And it was like, okay, we'll give everything for that. And... We have to have the same mentality in our life every single day. It doesn't mean you have to be some, you know, crazy guy who's too intense and you're trying to live out your Rambo fantasy, although there's nothing wrong with that, and I appreciate that. Um, uh, but, you know, you do have to get up and go, okay, today it's going to have obstacles. I have to overcome these obstacles. And, uh, you know, I'm going to live, I'm going to die. So if I'm going to die today, I better die in the right direction. I better die in a sight of grace. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to fight in order to die in that state of grace. And especially when you're raising children, you know, um, it's really hard to raise kids today and keep them clean. And uh, I'm not saying I'm a good parent. I'm not trying to self-aggrandize myself at all. But my wife and I have worked really hard, especially in the last two years. My kids don't know the word COVID. <laughs> you know, my, and not that you know, it's evil to know that, but we just made a decision. My, my oldest is only six years old. And I'm like, I don't need to get them involved in all this stuff. And we have worked really hard to protect them from the world. You know, they don't know um, that there are ways of life outside of, you know, what we want them to know. They'll learn that one day, but we have to protect them um, and we have to make sure that they're strong enough so when they do have to encounter the world, they're not going to be crushed by it. And all of those things are the responsibility of the father primarily, which means you're going to have to be battle-ready every single day. Yeah, I'm into that. We're coming down to the wire here on the interview with Kennedy sure. Hall. His article is linked up at crisismagazine.com, Fighting the Demon of Pornography. I think it's a, a great uh, article, especially for men. It's very it's uh, written in the language of the masculine heart. So if you know a guy, share this article with him. I think it's going to be powerful. Now, last, last point here I want you to address sure. in the minute and a half we have left is fighting, a quote, fighting fire with fire is something, sometimes appropriate, and it is a fun metaphor to consider. However, a bit of cold therapy is appropriate in this case, close quote, Kennedy Hall. Last thought, what could men do if they are stuck in the struggle for their mortal life and they don't know what to do? Sure. So if you don't live in uh, on the other side of the COVID curtain, 
and you can't just run around in your backyard and play in the snow, uh, I recommend that you do things like have cold showers and cold baths. And really quickly, the reason why is there's, there's an actual physiological effect that when you're extremely cold, your body floods your extremities with blood. Um, and it actually floods your brain with, uh, with uh, not hormones, with chemicals and things because you sort of go into this survival instinct. So you have about 30 seconds of great discomfort, but then you actually have about a minute and a half, two minutes of great exhilaration and relief. And when they're studying people who have addictions, they find that cold therapy is one of the most effective ways to actually get rid of it. So I had a man confiding me about his pornography problem, and we, we broke down the issues. And I said, you know what you're going to do? You're going to have a cold bath whenever this happens. <laughs> and he's like, are you serious? <laughs> and it works. It works. So better to freeze on, better to freeze on earth than burn in hell. Amen. That? Well said, Kennedy Hall. Thank you for your time today. God bless you and God love you. Have a great day, Kennedy Hall. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. That is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. Thank you for joining us. We always love having you on the on the show with us, dear listener. If you are at all able to join us for the second hour, we would love to have you there as well. We'll have good news, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, plus we'll have our game show, Fear and Trembling, and prizes are involved. You might win. And plus we also have our after show today where you get to drive that conversation. So join us if you can. Uh, all of the live video feeds are linked up on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And don't forget to pick up your car raffle tickets where you might win a brand new Mercedes at the end of February. Again, go to grnonline.com. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. You could win a 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 and help drive home the Word of God. The GRN is raffling off this night black compact SUV with the luxury and performance you expect from Mercedes-Benz to support the mission of Catholic Radio. This car could be yours for only $25. Buy four tickets, you get one free. The 2022 GRN car raffle ends February 21st, so get your tickets today at grnonline.com raffle. Father John Bartunik, in his book, The Better Part, wrote, Gratitude is one of the most beautiful flowers in the whole garden of virtues. It directly contradicts self-centeredness, self-indulgence, and self-absorption. It builds bridges, unites communities, and softens hearts. It encourages and inspires. It cuts through discouragement and counteracts depression. It opens the soul to the truth and releases anxiety. It brings smiles and gladness wherever it blooms. What a pity that it is as rare as it is lovely. When was the last time you were truly grateful to our Lord for the spouse He has given to you? When was the last time that you told your spouse you are very grateful for him or her? Gratitude goes a long way in healing wounds. Give it a try. Go home today and tell your spouse how grateful to God you are that he or she married you. This has been a minute for your marriage and family. 
from the Three Hearts Institute. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you, praise be to God. It is uh, Tuesday, January the 25th, 2022. And we just wrapped up a great conversation with Kennedy Hall about his article over at the Crisis Magazine, crisismagazine.com, about fighting the demon of pornography. And, you know, I was just thinking about temptations in our life and how we fight them and, and uh, really, you know, fight against those that would want to tempt us. Fight for our souls. Fight for our our, uh, our mortal souls, right? And then I just saw a uh, a pecan bar from Bucky sitting on the kitchen counter there, and I thought, <laughs> who is the person that put this in front of me, tempting me to sit there and eat the whole thing in one one fell swoop? Literally the devil. So uh, good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Was that you? It was me. Was, you I, put that I there. I put it there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder what Kennedy Hall would do. I shined up the wrapper, too, just to make it even more enticing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Whoa, is that I, is I, it sparkling at me? pretty sure it was calling my name. <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard voices. It's a smart bar. Eat me. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, probably 800 grams of sugar or something. That's not more than just like a third of your daily intake. You know, like <laughs> the recommended daily intake is at least 8,000. <laughs> so you're right? saying I'm doing good. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I will, eat 8,000. Yeah, I 8, will make sure to use that argument with my wife when I, <laughs> when I get home. Uh, all right. Speaking of temptations, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. Do you uh, eat pecan bars from Bucky's? Do I eat pecan bars from Bucky's? Not normally. It's like uh, a loaf, though. It's not really a bar. It's like huh. the last it's a thing. Long. <laughs> I, I yeah. normally get the uh, pecan bars from Bucky's. No. Normally, uh, the the uh, honey roasted pecans. Oof. That's usually Ooh. what I get. Yum. <laughs> Haven't tried those. But yet. those are actually from our friend uh, Carol, one of our volunteers at the station. She stopped at Bucky's on her way back from the Austin March for Life, and she said, "This is for Rudy." So there you go. The, the pecan log. Really? Yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Huh. Thank you, Carol. We're gonna have to sit and I'll watch give it you a try. Eat the whole thing. I'll eat it in one sitting. <laughs> it's and it's like a foot long. I don't know, man. <laughs> that seems rather it's like r- that seventy-two ounce steak you told me to go get. Yes. <laughs> have you been to uh, Amarillo yet? No way. You gotta yeah. go, man. I didn't go. You gotta there. go. We should do a road. We should do a Catholic drive time road trip just to watch you eat a seventy-two ounce steak. So to watch me die on camera. Well, 
Just for, slap for, a live leak logo on. Listen, it. only for entertainment value. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, it was trying to kill me. Everybody, I, you heard it here. Have you? I, you know, there's a famous steak place out in Amarillo where it's like that's their claim to fame as a 72 ounce steak, and if you can eat the whole thing plus the sides and the fixings without getting up, without leaving, without throwing up, you get the whole thing free. Otherwise, I think it's like 100 bucks or something. And you probably still throw up. It doesn't sound like a good deal to me. <laughs> All right, we need to move on because this is going sideways super fast. Okay, so here's the deal. We are going to have a good news story for you coming up, Saints of the Day, Gospel of the Day, plus our game show, Fear and Trembling, with prizes involved this week. We're very excited to have a prize pack sponsored by Catholic Drive Time, and Rudy has published this book on the Seven Sorrows Devotion, and that's included in the prize, so it's super cool, it's beautiful, it's wonderful, and some lucky Catholic radio listener is going to get that on Friday. Do not forget to pick up your car raffle tickets for the 2022 GLA. It's a GLA, a Night Black 250 Mercedes at the end of February. Some lucky Catholic radio listener is going to drive away in this. We get to use the money to keep Catholic radio live in your neighborhood, dear listener. Wherever you are, that local Catholic radio station is supported by you. So picking up a raffle ticket might mean you get to win a cool car, but it also means we get to continue our radio apostolate. So that's always a good deal. So you can find the tickets linked up on our website at grnonline.com, or you can call your local station manager and say, hey, how do I get those car raffle tickets? And how do I help you sell more car raffle tickets at my parish Bible study or at uh, our mom's group, the co-op, you know, with our friends and our family members, all of it is an incredible support and help for Catholic Radio. Again, grnonline.com. Let's pray. Let's dive into our hour. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Rudy Carlos, and now your good news story for the day. The Blaze reports South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem announces heartbeat law, keeping promise to strengthen state's pro-life laws. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem on Friday announced two bills to keep her promise to ensure that her state has the strongest pro-life laws in the books. Time to coincide with the March for Life in Washington, D.C. The first bill unveiled by the Republican governor could codify her executive order from last September, restricting access to chemically induced abortions. Her order published abortion pills, uh, her order prohibited abortion pills, rather, from being delivered via courier telemedicine or mail service and banned abortifacients from being dispensed or provided in schools or on state grounds. The governor's office described chemical abortions as a dangerous procedure that are four times more likely to cause a woman to getting the abortion to end up in the emergency room. Noem's bill would make the executive order state law. The second bill is a fetal heartbeat bill modeled after Texas Heartbeat Act, after the Texas Heartbeat Act, which prevents a woman from seeking an abortion after her unborn baby develops a heartbeat, usually sometime around six weeks. Every human life is unique and beautiful from the moment it is conceived. Every life is worthy of our protection, worthy of the right to live, Noam said in a statement. We hope that this year's March for Life will be the last. 
and that the Supreme Court will finally protect every unborn life. But until that comes to pass, these bills will ensure that both the unborn children and their mothers are protected in South Dakota. Her action came after the Supreme Court rejected an emergency request to block the Texas Heartbeat Act from taking effect. Last week, the court rejected another legal challenge to the Texas law, sending the case to the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, where it's expected to fail. The draft South Dakota bill prohibiting abortion after detection of fetal heartbeat is very similar to the Texas legislation. It would prohibit abortions after a fetal heartbeat is detected, except in cases where a physician believes that medical emergency necessities necessitates an abortion. An emergency would prevent compliance with parts of the law or if an abortion is performed by someone carrying out the duties under federal law. Whatever that means, that seems a little strange to me. The law uses the same innovative enforcement mechanism as the Texas law that's been harshly criticized by pro-choice advocates. A physician, the woman seeking the abortion, or anyone involved who aids or abets the performance or in inducement of an abortion can be targeted by a private civil action brought by any person other than the state. An abortionist could face up to $10,000 in statutory damages for each abortion performed and additional damages for emotional distress, costs for legal counsel, and injunctive relief, sufficient to prevent the defendant from violating the law again. Later this year, the Supreme Court will rule on a Mississippi law that bans most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy in a case that could potentially overturn Roe. In remarks published on Friday, Noam said that the total number of abortions in South Dakota has decreased more than 80% over the last decade. The governor thanked state legislators in both parties for supporting her bill to ban abortions of babies diagnosed with Down syndrome, as well as numerous other pro-life efforts. She says, we respect life in South Dakota, and I look forward to the day when we protect all unborn lives. Our laws must reflect our values and our commitment to protect the unalienable, unalienable rights of our citizens. And that's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Peter, or St. Yeah, St. Peter Thomas. Peter Thomas was born in, uh, he was born around the year of 1305 to a very poor family in Paragord. His father was a serf, and at the age of 12, he left his parents and his younger sister to ease the burdens of his family and went to the nearby small town of Mons Passar. In 1325, the prior of the Carmelite convent of Lector employed Thomas as a teacher for a year in the school, and he later entered the Carmelite order and at the age of 21 made professions of religious vows. He became the preacher in Cahor during a procession held in hopes of an end to a serious drought. And while he was preaching, the rain began to fall and many saw it as a miracle. In April 1357, Thomas went as a papal legate to Constantinople to receive the submission of the emperor of Byzantium to the Roman Catholic Church in exchange for military support of the West to block the expansion of the Ottoman Empire. But the military support promised in the exchange did not materialize. In 1358, Peter Thomas went on a private pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and in 1359, Pope Innocent VI appointed Peter Thomas universal legate for the East. He went to Constantinople and took part in the battles of Lampsac, and Philip de Miser wrote, Physically involved in the battle, Pierre Thomas stimulated the troops. It was necessary to avoid a stampede in front of the Jansenaries. The bishop gave of himself, he encouraged, and he struck sword and fist. Between defeats and victories, Pierre Thomas was tireless, leading the troops into battle by his example and his exhortations. 
sometimes in Smyrna, sometimes in Rhodes, sometimes in Constantinople, sometimes in Cyprus, sometimes in the island of Crete, and sometimes in Turkey with a few galleys. Wow, imagine a bishop going off to battle. Pierre Thomas, a Latin patriarch of Constantinople and legate of the crusade, planned to go to Avignon to make his report and ask for support and means to resume the crusade. He went to Famagusta to organize his trip. Around Christmas 1365, Thomas fell seriously ill. Thomas had been, was injured during the capture of Alexandria and his death would follow his wounds. He died in the night of either January 6th or 7th in 1366. St. Peter Thomas, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. Jesus appeared to the eleven and said to them, Go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to God, praise be to Jesus in all things. Uh, St. Gregory the Great said, Are we then without faith because we cannot do these signs? Nay, but these things were necessary in the beginning of the church, for the faith of believers was to be nourished by miracles that it might increase. For Holy Church does, does every day in spirit what then the apostles did in body. For when her priests, by the grace of exorcism, lay their hands on believers and forbid the evil spirits to dwell in their minds, what do they they but cast out devils? And the faithful who have left earthly words and whose tongues send forth, sound forth the holy mysteries, speak new languages. They who by their good warnings take away evil from the hearts of others take up serpents. And when they are hearing words of pestilent persuasion without being at all drawn aside to evil doing, they drink a deadly thing. And it goes on and on. St. Gregory the Great, pray for us. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, one thing to note is the believeth in his baptized shall be saved. Uh, Cornelius Lapide here uses this as an opportunity to strike down the Anabaptist and the Lutherans. He says, this saying of Christ is abused to support their heresies, first, by the Lutherans, to prove that faith alone without good works is sufficient to salvation. But I reply that the meaning of Christ is is that he believeth, he that believing in Christ and receiving his baptism has been washed from his sins, imbued with the grace of God, and sanctified, he shall be saved. Understand, if he die in that state, retaining the grace of God even unto death, but it is impossible for the baptized to continue in this state of grace if they do not do those good works which the law of Christ commands. Also in the name of faith or of the faith in baptism as the prime uh, requisites. So what is he saying here? He's saying, yes, you are saved by faith. But if you do not keep the commandments of our Lord, then you are disobeying him and you cannot be saved. So if you love God, you'll keep his commands, right? So if you love God, we got to do what he says, and that includes the law. What is the law? Well, the two uh, most important laws is love God and love your neighbor. And how do you love God and love your neighbor? To will the good for, your, uh, for God and will the good of your neighbor, which is the heavenly kingdom.
Amen. Praise be to God. All right, it's time to play our game, Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show where we have a secret and hidden agenda, which I'm not supposed to tell you about, but I may on the other side of the break. But what we need most is a phone call, and uh, the first caller gets to be our contestant. If you would like to be that contestant, now is the time to pick up a phone and dial 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424 is the phone number. Call now. Phone lines are open at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Fear and Trembling is up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God, in a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 115 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of Fear and Trembling, (laughs) the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot, 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic trivia game show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. But I can't tell you just yet what my secrets and my agendas are, because what we need most is a phone call on the line, and uh, that phone number is 877-757-9424. I guess we're having, uh, still having phone problems uh, on our phone system, and I apologize for that. I don't know, understand what goes on there, but... Uh, either way, we've got the phone lines open now at 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. If you've never played, this is a great chance. You don't need to know the answers. I'll explain that in a minute. Uh, but if you, it's been a while. You could try calling back, 877-757-9424. 
That's 877-757-9424. We'll take the first caller when it comes through. All right, so here is the deal. We have a secret, and we have some agendas that we like to uh, do behind the scenes, but you have to promise me not to tell anybody before I tell you. Is that a deal? Okay, number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have a good time. And our callers, they're, they're great sports. They laugh with us. We enjoy that most, I think. And then we give out prizes, which means it's a winner for everybody involved. But if you're just joining us, here's the deal. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but I don't ask the caller these questions. So they don't need to know the right answers, and they could still win. And that's because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be wrong. And uh, the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? The sponsor of our game show this week is us, CDT. (laughs) This week you have an opportunity to win a copy of the Seven Sorrows Devotion. It's a small prayer book I compiled based on the prayers of the Via Matris, or the Way of the Mother. It's a counterpoint to the Way of the Cross, and this devotion follows the seven sorrows of our Blessed Mother, as well as, uh, you know, including also you can get some other CDT goodies. Yes. The Blessed Virgin Mary grants seven special graces to the souls who honor her daily by saying seven Hail Marys and meditating on her tears and sorrows. The devotion was given to us by our Blessed Mother through St. Bridget of Sweden. And each meditation is accompanied by a beautiful image to help facilitate meditation on the particular sorrow of Mary. I think we're also including a uh, coffee cup so you can take a sip from your trusty CDT coffee cup as you meditate on the seven sorrows. Yeah, you join the mug club, a personally autographed coffee mug, plus we'll throw in some other goodies from the prize bin that we have. I think I have some uh, copies of the DVD from Pray for from Father Patrick Payton to give away. So we'll put a whole prize pack together and we'll give that out on Friday. So praise be to God for that. Let's go to the phones. Chris, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Praise be to God, Chris. Where are you calling from? San Antonio. San Antonio, Texas, the great city of St. Anthony. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, where do you go to church there, Chris? Our Lady be Atonement. Oh, how wonderful. Good. Praise be to God. And now, uh, this is your is this your first time calling? Yes, it is. Well, that's even better. We love first-time callers. Now, uh, are you familiar with the game? Do you know how the game works? Yes. So then you know how... Incredibly tricky that things can be. But I, however, am your guide in this. I'm here for you. I'm on your side. It's just us trying to get through this together. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Let's do this. Rudy, we will start with you, as is our custom, our tradition. Are you ready, sir? Tradition with uh, big T or little T? Why not? Let's let's go all caps on this. I'm so ready. You ready? Yeah. Are you sure? We should ask the guest three times. (laughs) I'm totally ready. Are you sure? I'm super ready. Rudy, can you tell me what liturgical color is worn for feasts of the Passion of the Lord and for those of saints who were martyred? Hmm. Okay, so here's my logic behind this this color choice, okay? It's purple. And it's because they put a purple robe over our blessed Lord as they oh, mocked mm, him, spit on him, and mm. punched him. Okay, so it's it's uh, it's purple. The fact that you have to explain it first, though. Hmm. 
Joe, mm, you're does, noticing things, Does it Joe? have to come with a description? I, I, all right, huh. so your answer is purple. You're saying it's purple. Uh, yes. Okay, purple. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Purple. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me? Yes. What liturgical color is worn for feasts of the Passion of our Lord and for those of saints who were martyred? Yes. That would be, the, you know, the color of blood. That would be red. Really? Yes. Seems dramatic. It's far too violent. Well, wow. you know, I mean, okay. I guess uh, your blood is like what? Blue, violet, and your hair. Until it's oxygenized <laughs> it's and it's red. Something like that. I got you. I don't right? know science. I got you. I'm uh-huh. not a scientist. Okay. Trust uh, the science. I'll trust the science, he said. <laughs> All right. Uh, here is the deal, Chris, for clarity. Uh, Adrian seems to think it's red, like the color of blood, oxygenated. After leaving the body, apparently. Uh, but red is his answer. Whereas Rudy seems to think it's purple. And his thinking was it was the purple cloak around our Lord during his passion. So red or purple, Rudy or Adrian, 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Chris, what say you? I'm going to have to go with with Adrian. I know that red, or excuse me, purple is the color of king. So I'm going to go with Adrian. Survey says... Yeah. What a smart man. Well done. Look how tricky you were being, Rudy. You were like just so subtle throwing our Lord's passion in on, on that. How Joe, you, how do you, you smart man? You, you, you noticed. What? You noticed my, my tell, my bluff. <laughs> the bluff. All right, Chris. Well done, sir. You are in the coffee cup. You could win. It might be God's holy will for your life. We'll have to just see how that goes. Uh, let's go to question number two. See if we can't double your chances uh, to get in on this. We're going to go to Adrian this time. That's me. Adrian? That's my name. I'm so <laughs> glad we cleared that up. Uh, I am getting older and senile, so it, it, makes, happens. it helps. It happens. It's a charitable dude. thing you're doing for me. You're welcome. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me, what are the sins against hope? Mm. Sins against hope. Yes. That would be pride and gluttony. Gluttony. Yes. Pride and gluttony, I guess. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Uh, Rudy, let's try you this time. Rudy, can you tell me what are the sins against hope? I'm going to go with presumption and despair. Presumption, right? Because you mm-hmm. think it's all is over. Are you yeah. presuming that you're right? <laughs> let's see and despair going because you don't trust in God. I don't know. When I don't have hope, I just start eating, so... <laughs> <laughs> That okay. explains the pecan log in there. <laughs> I was going to say, it does explain some things. All right, so Chris, here's the deal. The question is, what are the sins against hope? Rudy seems to think they are presumption and despair, but Adrian seems to think they were pride and gluttony. The sins against hope. 15 seconds on the clock. Rudy or Adrian, who is right? Who is wrong? Chris, what say you? I'm going to have to go with Rudy on this one. What? You're forced to? You just have no choice in the matter? <laughs> Survey says. Yeah. Although I like Adrian's it. answer. Of course. <laughs> I would start well, eating too. Well done, Chris. You're in for two. <laughs> Praise be to God. That was pretty straightforward, right? You weren't tricked by that at all. I thought there were three of them. Oof. Maybe. Mm, not that I know of. Not that I, I only know two. <laughs> but right. if you know up there, let me know. Yeah, let us know. Okay, let's go with question number three. See if we can't get a perfect score out of the deal. And I'm going to have to tell you, I think this is the easiest one of them. No, this is the hardest question we've ever had. Ever? Ever. Are we keeping track of the hardest questions this ever? Is easily the hardest question we've ever had. <laughs> or hardest, the okay. hardest question we've let's ever had. Let's see. Uh, we'll go back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me? 
What is used at Holy Mass to symbolize our prayers rising to heaven? Oh, that's easy, Joe. Yeah, of course. You look to your right. Uh-huh. You look to your left. Yeah. Everybody's doing it. What are they doing? You lift up your arms what? in Oran's position and you praise God and you say, God, here are my prayers. Wow. That was your answer? That was my answer. You lift up your arms lift in Oran's position. Specifically, has to be the Orans. It has to be Orans. We lift them up to okay. the Lord. Can't be like a wiping effect. You can't do like that one of those. No, that's Protestant. Oh, I see. We're, we're cat Orans. <laughs> Got it. All right, let's try Adrian. Adrian, can you tell me what is used at Holy Mass to symbolize our prayers rising to heaven? You know, it's it's quite it was quite a good answer. You know, <laughs> but lifting up our hands. You know, mm-hmm. during the responses. Uh-huh. But you know, I'm gonna go with incense. You know, it's a little bit more traditional, a little <laughs> older, and the smoke going up symbolizes the prayers going up to heaven. So I'm going to go with incense. A little too on the nose there, Adrian. I don't know. Mm. A little, uh, you're right, it <laughs> smells delicious. <laughs> Love incense. I don't know. Adrian, Very are you hungry? My son was Nah, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat incense. <laughs> that would be kind of gross. <laughs> that would be gross. All right, Chris, here is the deal. All kidding aside, Adrian seems to think it's incense that represents our prayers rising to heaven, whereas Rudy seems to think it's the uh, lifting up of hands in the Orans. 15 seconds, who is right, who is wrong, what say you? I'm with Adrian on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Chris. Perfect score. You didn't swing at any of the curveballs. Congratulations. Thank you for playing our game today. Oh, God bless you. Uh, Hopefully you're going to have a great day. Are you off to work, dropping the kids off at school? I just dropped my off. All right. Praise be to God. Well, thanks for playing. We're going to put you on hold. If it be God's will, we'll pull your name out of the cup on Friday. But uh, God bless you and God love you. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show. Thanks for joining us. Join us in the after show if you can. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the conversion of St. Paul, the feast of the conversion of St. Paul. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. God, we praise you. God, we bless you. God, we name you, Sovereign Lord, Mighty King, whom angels worship, Father by your church adored. All creation shows your glory, Heaven and earth draw near your throne. 
singing holy, 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 Lord of hosts and God alone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, God and to and you, to you, my, my brothers, brothers and sisters, that I have, have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and to you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and, and on, on earth, earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world. Receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father, Amen, Amen. Let us pray. O God, who taught the whole world through the preaching of the blessed Apostle Paul, draw us, we pray, nearer to you. Through the example of him whose conversion we celebrate today, and so make us witnesses to your truth in the world. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. 
Paul addressed the people in these words, I am a Jew born in Tarsus in Cilicia and brought up in this city. At the feet of Gamaliel I was educated strictly in our ancestral law and was zealous for God, just as all of you are today. I persecuted this way to death, binding both men and women and delivering them to prison. Even the high priest and the whole council of elders can testify in my behalf. For from them I even received letters to the brothers and set out for Damascus to bring back to Jerusalem in chains for punishment those there as well. On that journey, as I drew near to Damascus, about noon a great light from the sky suddenly shone around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I replied, Who are you, sir? And he said to me, I am Jesus, the Nazarene, whom you are persecuting. My companion saw the light, but did not hear the voice of the one who spoke to me. I asked, What shall I do, sir? The Lord answered me, Get up and go into Damascus, and there you will be told about everything appointed for you to do. Since I could see nothing because of the brightness of that light, I was led by hand by my companions and entered Damascus. A certain Ananias, a devout observer of the law and highly spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and stood there and said, Saul, my brother, regain your sight. And at that very moment I regained my sight and saw him. Then he said, The God of our ancestors designated you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear the sound of his voice. For you will be his witness before all to what you have seen and heard. Now, why delay? Get up and have yourself baptized and your sins washed away, calling upon his name. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Glorify him, all you peoples. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. For steadfast is his kindness toward us, and the fidelity of the Lord endures forever. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. I chose you from the world to go and bear fruit that will last, says the Lord. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus appeared to the eleven and said to them, Go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. 
whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. They will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today we celebrate the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul, that moment when Paul, who is an extremely zealous person, changed from becoming a persecutor of the church to perhaps really its greatest evangelist. St. John Chrysostom called him the star that shines with the brightest magnitude. This man is larger than life, but it, I think there's two things that can be, would be pointed out, is that first of all, conversion of St. Paul, somebody is like St. Paul, extremely zealous. I think Judas Maccabeus would have been one of his heroes. And whatever he set his will to, he was going to accomplish. And so at first he was persecuting Christians because he thought they were the reason why Israel was suffering so much, why the Romans had come and conquered them, because the people were not holy, they were not following God zealously enough. And so in the, then there's these Christians who come around saying that Jesus is God, that's not gonna happen, he's not the Messiah. And so he went around persecuting them in order to cleanse Israel so that God would be pleased. When he has this experience of Jesus saying, you are persecuting me, um, and recognize that he is the Messiah, that he is God, St. Paul makes this 180-degree turn and becomes, like I said, the greatest evangelist that probably the, the, the earth has ever seen. I think it also shows us the second thing is that the, the power that grace can have in our life, the power that grace can have in our life. St. John Chrysostom, he, kinda, he points out as well, St. Paul says, he looked at all of the persecutions, everything that he underwent for the sake of Christ, as like these trophies that he could hold around, you know, and and uh, and show. So anytime he was persecuted, like this is great, you know, that he was, saw that it was he was being he was, this was pleasing to God. So not in a sort of masochistic way, but recognized that he was bearing in his in his own flesh the wounds of Christ. Saint John Chrysostom goes on and says this is why he was more far more eager for the shameful abuse that that his zeal in preaching brought upon him than we are the most pleasing honors. He was more eager for death than we are for life, more eager for poverty than we are for wealth. He yearned for toil far more than others yearn for the rest for rest after toil. The one thing he feared, indeed dreaded, was to offend God. Nothing else could sway him. The most important thing of all to him was that he knew himself to be loved by Christ. That is what drove this man, and it's what should drive us. When we look at our life and see how good we are at evangelizing, we're probably, we probably are sort of, uh, sort of sheepishly walk away from somebody like St. Paul because it seems like he's just so over the top. But God's grace can have a tremendous effect in our life. All of us have probably gone through some conversion or reversion in our life. Maybe it's not as dramatic as St. Paul's. But nonetheless, it is the attraction of the love of Christ, that foundation of our life, that is at the heart of that. May God's grace always be effective in us, even to the degree that it was effective in St. Paul's life. May St. Paul too intercede for us and accompany us to help us to evangelize, to bring the love of Christ to all. We, amen.
We stand to offer our prayers and our intercessions. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for all the bishops throughout the world, that they would have the spirit, in fact, a double portion of the spirit of St. Paul to bring Christ to all, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray for those who hold public office and those who assist them in promoting the common good, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Today is the final day for the week of prayer for Christian unity. We pray that Christ may unite us all as one in the true faith, that uh, to bring it to cease all divisions, that the desire of Christ, that we all would be one, would be fulfilled. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray for the elderly who suffer from isolation or sickness, for all who are ill. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all of us gathered in this sacred place and those who are joining us online through radio. By faith and devotion, by our love and reverence for God, may we have the spirit too of St. Paul to bring Christ, to, to love Christ with all our heart, mind, and soul, to love our neighbors ourselves. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Finally, let us remember those who have died and all the holy souls in purgatory. We lift up in a special way Rosemary, who died yesterday, pulls her soul in the consolation of all her family. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. May the petitions of your church be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, so that we may receive from your mercy what we cannot ask out of confidence in our own merits. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. For your church that evermore lifts its holy hands above, offering upon every shore its pure sacrifice of love. Lord of all, to you we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. For yourself, the gift divine, to this world so freely given, word incarnate, God's design, peace on earth and joy in heaven. Lord of all, to you we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. Lord of all, to you we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. As we celebrate the divine mysteries, O Lord, we pray, may the Spirit fill us with the light of faith with which he constantly enlightened the blessed Apostle Paul for the spreading of your glory through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you, eternal shepherd, do not desert your flock, 
but through the blessed apostles, watch over it and protect it always, so that, me, so that it may be governed by those you have appointed shepherds to lead it in the name of your Son. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, save us, Savior of the world. For by your cross and resurrection, you have set us free. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we, who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with St. Paul, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence 
we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. Graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let's offer each other the sign of peace. A new stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. A new stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. A new stay. Qui tolis peccata muni, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy. You should enter under my roof. Only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. I live by faith in the Son of God, who has loved me and given himself up for me. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament, 
I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. Embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. You shall cross the barren desert, but you shall not die of thirst. You shall wander far in safety, though you do not know the way. You shall speak your words in foreign lands, and all will understand. You shall see the face of God and live. Be not afraid. I go before you always. Come, follow me, and I will give you rest. If you pass through raging waters, in the sea you shall not drown. If you walk amid the burning flames, you shall not be harmed. If you stand before the power of hell, and death is at your side, know that I am with you through it all. Be not afraid, I go before you always. Come, follow me, and I will give you rest. Let us pray. May the sacrament we have received, O Lord our God, Stir up in us that fire of charity with which the blessed apostle Paul burned ardently as he bore his concerns for all the churches through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim, till all the world adore his sacred name. Come, Christians, follow. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, Saint Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.